This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. It is the Anfield Wrap. Listen, I've been off for a week, not as sharp as I'd like to be. It's Neil Atkinson. The Anfield Wrap is brought to you by Red's Bet. And Red's Bet, what they do, uh, they've been partnering with us for this year and they share their profits with supporter-related causes. So if you do gamble, please think about doing so through them, redsbet.com. And if you don't, well, that's absolutely fine. And whether you do or you don't, always, always be gamble aware. I've got um, I've got in front of me, I've got Ian's, Ryan and Salmon, Andy's, Heaton and Kelly and Paul Senior, all to talk about Liverpool, the pre-season that has now started Andy Kelly, Liverpool, go to Chester uh, and Harry Wilson stands out, scores two lovely finishes. He can't do any more, can he? He can't do any more than have a really good pre-season than do what he did on loan at Hull. He can't do any more than all of that and yet that still might not be enough to get him a place, a squad place for Liverpool this season. It, it might not be enough at Cope, but I think there's every chance it might be if he keeps going. I mean, what we've seen is him score two goals against obviously a team massively sort of, you know, of a very low level compared to Liverpool. Uh, he was playing on a pitch he's played on many times before, very comfortable situation for him. We know he clocks up numbers, Wilson, goals, assists. That's what has brought him back to everybody's attention when everyone was in danger of forgetting about this tremendous talent he is. Um, now he needs to keep showing that. And I think for him, the big thing will be America, if uh, not you know, beaten up on some lesser opposition in in the games this side of the pond. So, it would it be fair to almost say that the what happens in the states could be the biggest, effectively, almost the biggest ten days of his life. That it could be certainly career defining ten days. Definitely, because if you staying or leaving a Liverpool football club can define your career. Now with Wilson, last season he got an injury in pre-season which prevented him showing Liverpool what he could do. He'd already had some bad experiences with injury. He'd had a bad loan at Crewe. Um, he's always been a talented player, but the big question for Wilson is always his physique. It was always I remember being in um, in the academy, um, looking at all the players on the wall, and, and the head of the academy said to me, Who, "Who's the one you think can go through?" This is about three years ago, and be a player for us. And Harry Wilson was the name I came up with, because just because he was so talented. But since then, succession of injuries and um, problems, but. Put, it, put up the numbers for the 23s and the 21s when they were so-called. He's put up the numbers at Hull. Everybody's gone. He can play reasonable level championship. Can he play, take that next step and play Premier League? The the striking thing, Paul, is the, 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 the taking of the chances. It's done there nonchalantly, but he scores 7 and 13 for a Hull side who were really struggling. And it's worth pointing that out, that this wasn't like he didn't go to a Hull side that was cut loose. It was a Hull side, a Hull side that was kind of difficult. I just... <clears throat> One of my things here is it's a lot of this strikes at the heart of what we're trying to do and what Liverpool are trying to do full stop. It's 
we've got to finish top four. We've we want to finish top one. Let's be really honest and and all get that on the table. So can you can you find a, a place in a squad for someone like Harry Wilson? Is one of your even one of the six that you'd pick three from? I don't I don't know what the answer to that is, and I'm I'm almost pleased it's not it's not on me to have to answer that question. Mm. No, no, that's all fair. I think my my thing with Harry Wilson is every time he's been challenged, he seems to have passed it. Now, so you you put you say to him, you know, make it make an impression uh, on. On Lona Hull, he goes in one and two, and as you said, a very struggling side, side that sacked a couple of managers, goes there and does the job. You know, he gets his first opportunity to shine for Liverpool at the weekend. He opens the score and, and, and scores a brace in 45 minutes. I think you've got to now give him the opportunity to, as you said, maybe when it's in America, put him in a side that looks almost like a first team and see how he performs. Put him up against a decent opposition because I think, I think you've got to know that he's not good enough before you just cast him aside. That, that's my that's my concern that he won't actually get the sort of the opportunity to be seen in a, in a first team Liverpool side because Ben Burners have been off, offered that opportunity and I'm sure he's a talented footballer. But I'm I'm seeing stuff from Harry Wilson at a, at a more. But isn't isn't the difficulty of all of this? And I don't want to do jokes about Shakiri, but isn't the difficulty of all of this a situation where Liverpool are making decisions right now? We're, we're a month a month from the transfer window closing. Mm. Liverpool are making decisions right now about the sort of squad they want to be walking into next season and we, all around this table, want to see Liverpool push for the title. That's a no-passenger situation. Certainly, you know, it's... So I take your point and you're almost arguing, well, it's a bit too much of a gamble not to get to look at him uh, mm. properly. But I'd say that even, even America, which I do think is a massive deal for him, He's then got to also at some point do it at Premier League level, and it might be that if he does impress in America, you don't have an extra body, and you put yourself in a position where well the onus is then on him. And if he if he does come short, you know if, this is Jurgen Klopp's job. Jurgen Klopp will manage Liverpool for seven seasons. He gets seven seven goes at this, and it could well be that if he ends up one body light in attack, well that undermines the opportunity he's got this season. These players have got this. There's a wider conversation around this. I suppose it's around what else he does, and as you said, if it's if he's one of six, which which number does he does he take of that? You know, in terms of of a priority, you know that you know the first three. There's questions around whether Daniel Sturridge comes into that. I think um, I, I I just don't see the gamble in this. You know, even if you sell him, his stock is reasonably high at the moment, but he'll still only fetch a tenish million pounds, and that. You know, as horrible as it is to say that small potatoes nowadays. I, I think if you think he's got something, he's worth keeping around because what are we keeping Ben Woodburn around for? Ben Woodburn's not Michael Owen. You know, I think he's a, a reasonably gifted footballer, but I don't think he's at the, this level where he's going to burst onto the scene and and take it by storm in the way Owen did. So, if if the suit is potentially for Woodburn. Let, let him go alone and take a look at Wilson. I, that they, these are just the things I I think you've got to give him a go now because because as I said at the top of the show there I think every time he's been challenged he, he stood up. So yeah, that's me. It's it's almost if you were Wilson uh, Ian Ryan. I, what I find frustrating in a sense is I actually think you know you'd be. If I know it, Adam Ola-Luckman, for instance, at Everton goes out on loan to ends up playing at Leipzig for the second half of last season. So it's easy to say something like you might get more opportunities at Everton. It's more that the Premier League now, there's there's six sides who are trying to finish in the top four. Every game matters. There's no room for manoeuvre. There's 12 sides who are trying not to get relegated. Uh, and then there's two other teams knocking around and they're all right. But there's not, you know, there's not a lot of room, is there, for for the idea of, of, of being able to look at someone like Wilson, give him three, four, five games and say, that's how it's gone. No, it, I think the manager will 
probably would have a really good idea whether Wilson's going to be good enough for, for the very top level. I think you know, Paul's point there about rising to the challenge, I think it's very, very fair because when he did go out on loan to Hall, he, he does really, really well and in a struggling team. And I think that's, again, something the manager's got to think about because if he thinks, well, if the loan's the best option, then you've got to make sure you're picking the right one because I don't necessarily think playing a, um, for a championship team or even a lower half Premier League team, if they're going to be struggling, is going to kind of represent what it'd be like at Liverpool in terms of the environment. So that's something to, to take into account. If you look at his performance on on the weekend against Chester, there's, there's positives there. I think I think Ailey Dawes, he struggled, but you've always got to caveat this with it. It's the first day of pre-season, so people's touches are a little bit off. I thought he was a little bit sloppy in possession, um, but his movements off the ball was really, really good. And it, a little bit reminiscent to Michael Owen. You know, I don't want to say he's anywhere near that level, and he certainly favours his other foot. But how he spins in behind and the, and the ability to finish, especially with the second goal, where he kind of takes it and he almost he just releases the ball into the corner before the goal. He's even got a chance to set himself. So there's definitely something to work with there. But I always come back to this season... No risks, boys. No risks. I want that. You can't rely on that first three to always be the first three that's going to be fit. And I want number four and five to be at a certain level where if you have to call on them, then they are also right at the top of that level. And I've not seen Harry Wilson enough to be able to say whether he's he's at that level or not. But the manager will. He'll, he'll, he'll know even before this pre-season. He'll have a really good idea. He'll have him scouted while he's been at Hull. He'll have reports back. And he's working with them, so he knows where the lad is in terms of his his journey to kind of make it to the top level. And if it's not with Liverpool, that's that's okay from his point of view because there's no doubt he's going to go on and have a successful career, whether it's at Liverpool or somewhere else. A lot of the show I'm going to be asking you to imagine putting yourself in the in the shoes of certain footballers, and Ian Sam and I want to put yourself in the shoes of Harry Wilson. In that, let's say you you feel as though you do do it as much as you can a pre-season, you get the other side of that pre-season, and Liverpool they want to send you out on another loan. Maybe this time it's bottom half of the Premier League. I'll be dead honest and I'll say, you know, as much as I'd have dreams of being a Liverpool player, I'd be at the point where I'd be going, can I not just move permanently now? Can I not just get a home? Can I not just become a footballer somewhere else? I, that'd be my thing at this stage. I think that, I almost feel as though another loan for Wilson would be, you can well imagine him almost getting to the point where he's going, well, let's be honest here, lads, it's not going to happen. It's it's hard for me to put myself in the shoes of a professional footballer because I'm 54 years old. Um <laughs> I can put myself in the shoes of a professional footballer's dad. And if I was Harry Wilson's dad, I would be looking at it seriously going, this is, this is, if it doesn't happen this summer, it's not going to happen. I have a couple of, not issues with Wilson, because I have no issues with Wilson whatsoever, but issues with the perception of Wilson. He doesn't, for all the talent he's clearly got, for some reason he doesn't register with me. I have no idea whether he's 17 years old or 24 years old. I genuinely don't know. I have a feeling he's about 20, 21, 21, 21, which is obviously late to make a breakthrough. I also, looking at it from the outside, you look and go, well, I saw Neil Mellor do all this when Mellor was breaking records all over the place and he was, he was clearly going to be the next big thing that we had. And that never quite happened again for a succession of injuries and because being in the wrong place at the wrong time never quite worked for him. So if I were Harry Wilson's dad and you come to September, or you, well, you come to the end of August and go, okay, well, the window's going to close, you're going to go out on loan. I would be looking for a permanent move and go, well, make a career somewhere because if they want to loan you out this year, there's not a career for you. I don't, I don't think the loan's an option. Uh, I'm sorry to be a bit of a misery about it. I think the US tour is massive for Harry Wilson but not for his Liverpool career. I think it'll de- it'll define where he ends up this season. Um, the lad's 21 years old. 
Uh, I think if he, if he was going to be off that standard, and look, Andy Kelly right next to me knows far more about the lad than me. But generally, you know, to play for Liverpool, you've got to be exceptional in attacking areas. I and, think for the, the, the exceptional lads, younger. Yeah, and the lads had a really, really good loan period last year. His stock will be high. The club will be aware of that. And you say 10, 15 millions only might not be Charlie Big Potatoes money, but it's still 10, 15 million pounds in the bank. That sort of money, and is yeah. important for the academy. Exactly. And well, wiping exactly. its face mm-hmm. that, that they see that as, okay, we brought that kid through from the age of eight. We get 15, 10, 15 million. And it like justifies you say, it. Yeah. It justifies it. It pays for the academy and pays for another 20, 30, 40 young lads who may be that bit better than Harry Wilson. But I see a scenario. Let's be positive about Wilson. We've got a great. The one thing that we haven't mentioned about Wilson is he's improved. It isn't a situation where, say, Neil Mellor was scoring. I mean, did he score? Was it 60 or 70 goals one season? 416. Something incredible. No. No doubt if Neil Mallow listens to this, he will tell us because he knows everyone, doesn't he? But you know, he scored a ridiculous number of goals. Harry Wilson, when he was coming through, came through as a, a dainty winger, if you like, who was going to be someone who was going to set up goals. In the last couple of seasons, what we've seen from him is change his game to become a numbers guy, a guy who puts goals on the board. So he was a scorer of great goals, you know, fantastic left foot, 30 yarders, top bin, few of those every season. But he wasn't a great goal scorer. Now he's become a great finisher because he's changed his game and he's improved his game. Maybe because he saw that he was in danger of being a forgotten player. Well, and, and it's, it's how you frame it though as well. Liverpool, that, that isn't a failure by Liverpool by any chance or even the players. Off the back of that, surely the Liverpool Academy can pat themselves on the back and go, you know, actually, you know what, that's a, really, re- that's a job really well done. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I would argue it is because Wilson's been a, you know, a tricky problem for them. Someone who was highly tired through always fell aside that the crew loan was a desperate time for him came back and they've had to rebuild this player and I think he's let's paint a scenario where he goes does well in America comes back and appreciate the scenario you paint Akko of when's he going to get time in the Premier League okay let's say Liverpool 2-0 up at home 20 minutes to go cruising they've got Harry Wilson on the bench you throw him on he scores two in front of the cop suddenly everyone's gone this kid's brilliant he's got loads of confidence then in that scenario maybe the next home game you want to give one of the front three a rest problem then you could maybe potentially start looking at actually let's start Wilson wide right cutting in on his left foot or wide left getting some crosses in is there a, is there a, just on that this is where I think one of the what are the issues that is around squad size though? Because I, I completely love the picture that you just painted. Obviously, I do it involves Liverpool winning 4 0. But there is also there's something there where, for instance, you know, you you you've got then if you pick Wilson on the bench, you've got lads you're paying 50, 60, 70, 100, 150 grand a week to who you're not putting on the bench. And that's difficult, isn't it? I think it's one thing. I you know, there's there was a piece a Rory Smith piece going back a couple of years that I really I appreciated the value of where it discussed. If you're in the 18, you get to feel you're involved. If you're not in the 18, you, whether you get on or not, you at least you got to put the kit on, you got to turn up, you were in the manager's team talk, blah, blah, blah. You, what you don't want to suddenly have is a situation where, for instance, if you're James Milner, you're going, hang on, I'm not getting in the 18 and Harry Wilson is. That could become a little bit difficult. And Liverpool might have a big squad. This is why I think it is tricky, isn't it, Andy? It is the idea. Cause maybe there might be an argument here that you allow more subs or something like that. You know, there is, It is hard. Oh, it definitely is hard. And obviously in your squad, in your lads on the bench, you want a balance of what you might need through the game. But there's definitely a scenario where ultimately you look at Harry Wilson and go, last turn, I know that lad can put one in from 25 yards. And I know if he gets a chance, he knows. The hardest thing in the game, we all know, is putting it in the net. Yeah. Harry Wilson knows how to do it. And I would rather have someone on the bench like him who I know can create a moment than 
you know, whether he's earning a lot less than some of the players. Liverpool, I, I was saying 12 months ago, we've got to get used to having players earning a huge amount of money not playing because that's where you're in a scenario where you're okay if something goes wrong. And it's one step further to your scenario, Atco, of we have players earning an awful lot of money who aren't even in the 18 that week. They might be in midweek or the next week. Or starting away in the new way game in know, Europe. Let's not worry about it. It's not our money. The, the, issue, the issue is for me... Uh, I know it is event uh, at the bottom end. <laughs> That's not really. <laughs> the, the issue for me is stems around who you're chasing as well. So you're looking at... You're looking up, you're looking to the top, you know, and Manchester City, Gabriel Jesus is 21. Leroy Sane, 22. Raheem Sterling and then Bernardo Silva are 23 years old. All established seasoned international footballers. Well, I don't know about Sane at the moment, but he should be. Um, you know, lads that even Sane at Schalke was was turning heads at a much younger age in a position where at that age you are sort of meant to be at your best. And is this is this Harry Wilson's very best at the moment? Because if it is, it, he still doesn't demand a first team place for Liverpool. It's, you know, we'll talk about Daniel Sturridge later in the show. Maybe his best. Now won't be enough to get ahead of the three we've already got. As much as I'd like to see him stay and be given the opportunity, as I said earlier, if you're chasing a team with that that amount of young talent, it's going to be it's going to be awfully difficult. I'm almost building my own arguments in my head as the show goes on. That just the just the task he's got ahead of him, you know that how hard it is to be and to to attain even even getting to a level like Bernardo Silva. Is that where he's knocking on the door for Manchester City? That's not enough for them, and this is who we're chasing. So we need better. Possibly just before bringing in salmon, and there is that it is worth what one of the things that strikes me is the is Andy's point though about sticking it in the back of the net's not half useful. Mm. And I, that's where you know I, th- I always think if you're a young player, I think you either want to be a fullback or you want to be someone who sticks it in the back of the net because everywhere else on the pitch there can always be a conversation. Someone can always say you need to be tougher, you need to be more of this, you need to be more of that. It's hard to argue with sticking it in the back of the net. So if he goes on this pre-season tour and then you know you go right the way through, lads are going to be coming back from the World Cup in dribs and drabs. You can actually imagine a scenario where Paul he gets himself on the bench for West Ham. Liverpool are 1-0 up or 2-0 up and then he gets himself as 20 minutes and then he sticks it in the back of the net having stuck it in the back of the net in pre-season yeah. having stuck it in the back of the net again when he was playing for Hull it, it could ease the pressure ease the burden I, I look back to sort of 2005 and there was two lads who were ultimately deemed not good enough in Pongol and Mella but you, you could see throughout the younger career that that they were good they, that's what they did you know so that they were breaking records in respective countries and reserve leagues and youth leagues and whatnot. And I, th- I think that's why they always got the move. You know, maybe Danny Ings as well. He, he puts the ball in the back of the net, doesn't he? When he he plays, he always looks a threat and can score. But ultimately, is he good enough? So you're right. It, it is. It's the most important thing in the game. We're lucky to be blessed with three brilliant lads who do it regularly. But whether he can do it at that next step, that's why I'm desperate to see him in, game, in these games against United and City and whatnot. Just to just to get a true measure of whether he's there or not. We've, we've been blessed with three who do it regularly, but we need six who do it regularly because we can't guarantee another season where those three go fairly much unharmed. I think there's a good argument. There's you know there's a lad who was a couple of years younger and isn't getting much of a crack now with his current manager. But Marcus Rashford gets his chance on a day when he's not even supposed to be in the 18 because of an injury. You don't know what can come. That lad, given the right, the right time to show himself in the right game, can do it. The romantic in me wants to see... Wilson given the chance as the lad who comes on when we're 2-0 up the lad who starts in the League Cup games the lad who might start in the FA Cup games against the lower sides but the realist in me is looking at going if we're in last year's Champions League final and we're looking at the bench 
do I want to bring Wilson on now? Or would I prefer, Neil's going to hate me for this one, would I prefer a fully fit Jed and Shakiri to come on at this point? And the answer is you want the lad with the experience. But it's not even it's not even Shakiri, is it? I mean, you're basically looking <clears throat> to be number four, aren't you? Number four and number five. I, I think you're looking at five so or six even, for him. But, but even before you look at other signings or if they're bring anyone in, as Paul was saying before, you've, you've got difficulty. He's back at the club as well. You've got Daniel Sturridge is there. I was about to say to Ian, would you rather bring on Jaden Shakiri? Would you rather bring on Harry Wilson? Or would you rather bring on an 80% fit Daniel Sturridge? Oh, 80% Daniel you know, Sturridge. Yeah. And, and, and again, Danny that's part of the romance as well. As well. But, but we know Danny's going to move on, don't we? You know, he's well, he needs to get the move first. You know? yeah. But also, he's got to get the move that he wants. And I'll go back, I'll, I'll start with Ian Ryan on this. The, the, I mean, it's, it's difficult for me to talk about Sturridge in a sensible, rational manner because I, I love him more than life itself. Uh, but I'd sort of decided it was Leave all done. his mind. I'd decided it was all done. It was all gone. He was, you know, that the, I'd, I'd almost made him in my head a West Brom player, to be quite honest with you. He's. He finds himself in this game and he, he he looks the part, but he looked the part last preseason. You've got to be really, really careful about that. But again, to put yourself in the shoes of the footballers rather than just simply say what they're good at or what they're not good at and have that conversation. I think if you're Daniel Sturridge, the one thing you don't want to do is be going to a bottom 12 Premier League club where suddenly you're going to be asked to run channels. You're going to be asked to do a lot of work where you haven't got the ball. You're going to be asked to do sprints and shuttles. I think it's easy to think Sturridge is going to move on, but it's actually really difficult to get a list of clubs who can afford to pay him in the ballpark of what we pay him and where if you're Daniel Sturridge, you're going, yeah, I'll do a bit of that. And that's the difficulty because we're talking about a footballer now who's approaching 29, 29 in September, so... You're right, Neil. He's not he's not that player anymore. He can go and run channels. He just hasn't got it in him. His body has changed. And you still never know whether there's an element of him protecting himself or actually he just can't do it anymore. And, you know, I said to myself, even after the, the Chester game at the weekend, you're not pulling me back in, Daniel. You're not pulling me back in because it's so easy to fall back into that trap of, you know, there's one, there's been a glorious footballer in there. You know that. You think back to when he when he first arrived and that link up with Coutinho and then the following season, he, he just tears it up and he's brilliant and he's so, so good. And that left foot and he can score every type of goal. But something along the way has changed. And it's, is it the injuries? It probably is. But there's probably also an element of the, the confidence thing around his body and he's, he's not willing to kind of maybe put himself through the, the ring because he knows his body might not stand up to it. And I actually don't think... The manager will want to keep him from being honest. I think he's made his peace with it. Um, and if someone comes in and offers the the amount of money that Liverpool are looking for, which we think is around about 15 million, then I think the manager says, listen, Daniel, thanks very much. On you go. And it's it's hard to know who that team might be. Because to take your point, it's no better laughs bottom half of the Premier League. And he won't want that. And he's been he's been too good for it. But you think about him now as a footballer, and I, you've seen him at times where even even just average centre halves now taking the ball off him and he, he just looks like a shadow of the football that he once was and I actually think it's probably best for all now concerned if he, if he moves on uh, Apologies if you've watched Talking Reds this morning I'm going to repeat myself a little bit but I think um, that the issue the issue is and it goes back to a similar issue to what Harry Wilson's got is you've got three lads who are almost certain to start ahead of him my issue with Daniel Sturridge remaining at Liverpool is that he needs to be able to be there when it counts and there's quite quite often has been times where it's been Daniel Sturridge's opportunity to play for Liverpool and he's not been available and that that you know is why I don't feel we can continue with him I think he looked and for what I've seen of him of the Jester game at the weekend he looked in great physical shape 
I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying there are pennies dropped that he needs to be fitter because that's, that makes it sound like I'm accusing him of deliberately not being fit previously. But he looked in great shape. Like he's really worked at it. That he's had to go to West Brom and almost feel not part. Of, you know, feel part of a, a camp that's just been relegated and not at his level. And it's not at his level because a fit and fire and Daniel Sturridge starts for ninety percent of the um, teams in this league. You mentioned the front three. If you're Daniel Sturridge, are you not thinking? you may not be competing for the, with the front three for a place. You might be competing with Lallana or Oxlade-Chamberlain. You're not thinking you can change who you are. Because I struggle to see him playing centre fireworks for anybody, literally anybody. And the reason why is because of if, if you're playing for a crap side, all the lifting and carrying that you're asked to do. And if you're playing for a really good side, it flips into the conversation about, well, you've got to be ready and you've got to be available for selection. I can't see him being able to do all the lifting and carrying that Harry Kane does, that Roberto Firmino does, that Lukaku does, however mm. much grief he gets, that you'd have to do in a Jose Mourinho team. Now that's that's almost beyond him now. If you are storage haven't you almost got to think of yourself as a player who plays 15 yards deeper? Well, quite his, his game was developing that way anyway, and I thought he was fine. And, well, his game has always had that, that about him, but he used to be able to... Cut. Drop and and lead, didn't he? And it, as time was going on, he was almost playing sort of the similar role that Danny Ings used to play for Burnley, just off the striker. But I, I, it's is he gonna is he gonna be available for that? This is my it's the same it's the same point again. Every, every time I, I watch him, and I sort of see he's definitely got it as but a it's but, but isn't that the case wherever he is? What you've just said there. The, my point is more. Imagine being storage for a second. Mm. You're getting 150 grand a week at Liverpool. You're at Liverpool. You might want to play a more creative role. You've got lads who stick the ball in the back of the net. Mm. Is there not an eye? Why, why, I'm, I want to know where you think it is. So imagine your storage. What, what clubs are you speaking to your agents and saying, see if you can get me in there? Well, I don't know exactly what clubs they are, but I think he, he'll believe, he'll know where his body is and he'll believe in himself more than potentially his manager who might feel sort of bitten by him. But... It's do you know when we speak about Gareth Bale and you'll say I'll take thirty games out of Gareth Bale, but I don't think Liverpool will will accept thirty games out of Daniel Sturridge, but West Ham might or you know a side like Leicester or even an Everton they might go well if we can get him fit for thirty games that he could be a difference maker for us, but them sides weren't willing to do it for him in January and that that that's a concern. West Brom were willing to do it and obviously it makes sense because of where it is geographically and whatnot for Daniel Sturridge. So I don't know. Does he need to go to a league that's maybe less physical? I, I think I think move that might. Yeah. So you think Andy? You think he, and you expect him, Andy Kelly? You expect him to move abroad? Think he'll move abroad? I don't. I don't know why. I and what would you do if you were him? No, if, if I was him, if he's fit and well and strong in his body, and he certainly looked it on Saturday. Not only did he score two, but he set at least one up and maybe two two up. Um, it, if I'd want to play. I'd be thinking I'm unlikely to play at Liverpool. Uh, I would I would be looking for my agent to go to Jurgen Klopp and say, "Look, you're not going to be playing Daniel much. Let's work out a deal for him. Find a move for him to, you know, to Europe somewhere in a less physical league where his class and quality can shine, rather than is the the inherent failures that we've seen from his body and I'd be looking for him to a load of sunshine on his back and just show that he's got he he's got class and that's the sort of move I'd be looking for for his agent. The problem is he obviously earns a hell of a lot of money at Liverpool as you just mentioned and the sort of club that would you'd be thinking might take him in Spain or Italy or whatever. Now those sort of wages aren't necessarily available over there. I but he, I think he I think his problem is is that 
when he's fifth for Liverpool, he doesn't necessarily play. So I think he needs to go to a club that, when he's fit, he plays. He, he can't offer guarantees of playing a 60-game season for anyone. But I think he needs to go to a club where they go, well, Sturridge is fit. He's, if, if, he fit if he's fit, he starts. And if he doesn't, we've got this other lad. You know, if, if say, it's Fulham, for example, we've got Mitrovic there, if, if they manage to do that again, he'll play. But if Sturridge is fit, we find a way of just getting him in the team. You know, that, that, that might be the sort of move he needs that... Okay, we can't we can't rely on you, but when you're available, you start. And that that must that 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 has to appeal to him in, in a way. And just, I don't know if it's like a Newcastle or something, someone like that. Whereas he'll he'll be the one where they're willing to take the risk on because he might just make that difference. But it's it's a manager who's willing to think that way. I, I think Newcastle would be a great destination for Danny Ings. By the way, you know, bustling centre forward number nine. I can see that happening. You know, I think he'd be a real hero up there, and you know, maybe maybe they end up with both things uh, and Sturridge. Andy, in my work of, of making you imagine being certain footballers, uh, imagine being Daniel Sturridge watching the Champions League final. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be tough, especially when you think you think you know at your best when you've had that talent, whether that talent's still there, then maybe you think. But there's that element of could have been me, especially after the, the UEFA Cup final a couple of seasons ago where he scores. And after the, the injury fa- to Salah. Exactly. Well, yeah. But you know you can do it at that level. I always go back. It's one of the good... It, it, I always feel sorry for players who score great goals in games that no one remembers anymore. Mm. And that's one And of the, the goal he scored in Basel was... He was, the only, he was the only player, and I include Coutinho, and I include anyone who's still there now. He's the only player who scores that type of goal. I think you're exactly right. If you're sat I mean, he was injured anyway because he got injured at West Brom, so it did apples and oranges. But even arguing that he was fit, he did, yeah, you're 100% right. You take you take him over anyone else on that bench. But just going back to what Andy, Andy Kelly was saying about a move to Europe, perversely, I think he'd be much more suited and much more likely if he did leave England to go to the States. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, I, I think it'd be um, a huge. I just think it suits him. I think, I mean, culturally, it suits him down to the ground, he's, and he's kind of cool in their bane, and he's always over there anyway. And I think for, he'd be a marketer's dream as well uh, if you were a big MLS yeah. club over there. That's a shame, though, isn't it? Even after, even after that, not that you're putting up the surrender yeah. flag on your career. I, I think you're absolutely right in terms uh, of culture and all yeah. those things, and but I think if he does that, it's him saying, uh, "I've had, I've had a great time. I'm now it's." I've, I've, had a, I've had a great career, but now I'm going to go and just enjoy myself, play the game, earn some extra money, and play in a league that well, yeah. is not very you, good. You say that, and but Giovinco was going over. Giovinco went over there at 27, 28, didn't he? Toronto, yeah. Uh, yeah. To Toronto, and the, and the, the, the pulling, the pulling, the bigger. I, I don't necessarily disagree. But they're trying to build the reputation of the league by making these kind of signings. They're so trying to make it better. I, I, I always go back to um, a really, really old when Saturday comes cover when Ruud Hullett had just signed for Chelsea. And the, jo- the, the joke was, oh, the, uh, are you retiring? No, I'm going to England. And they're at that stage now mm. in America. And I just think it, it might be out of left field a little bit, but I think it could be really I, I good. I don't think it's a matter of shout. I think that would be him recognising, though, that his body can't, can't take it at the highest level anymore. You know, do you not think he knows that anyway? Maybe, but you know, Daniel Sturridge goes to West Brom for me because he, he, he backs himself to get in that England squad. He's thinking, if I have four or five great months here, I'm making that England team because I'm as good as anyone. Now, we, we, we know that's not the case. He's still not as good as Kane, but on his day, he's still a brilliant forward where if the ball falls to him six yards, 12 yards out, you'd back him every time to put it in the back of the net. But he takes that move on and then he gets into the Chelsea almost immediately and that's him done then. So I think if he does go somewhere at the States, that's almost 
him saying then, I know my body can't take any more, but I suspect he still backs himself for one more move to prove to himself that he can still do it at this but where, level. But where, where Neil's right is, where, where is that move? Where is that move? Like, if, if, I'm Daniel, if, if I'm Daniel Sturridge, if, he's Daniel, if I'm Daniel Sturridge and I'm thinking, right, I've got a year left on my deal, so financially, if I run this down anyway, I'm in for another payday at the end of the year. The point's where... I mean, one of the things that is underrated about Sturridge... All right, he's known for his goals and his striking, but the kid's got vision and he's got a bit of flair about him. Astonishing vision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he's got that about him. So, and you, you, there's games when, and I've said this elsewhere, but sometimes Liverpool, they play like a tornado and they're ma- maniacal and they, and they go mad and they sometimes get caught up in a little bit and a little bit wild. Mm. Whereas he's, he's just ice cold and whether that's in a withdrawal role or not or as an option, if he, if he can get, if he can keep his rhythm, which is yeah. really important, but then we've got League Cup games at the start of the season, so there's potentially games if he can keep himself fit to get himself in. And then those are games when it, we're, we're, we're blowing and we're, we're knocking on the door and she's not coming in. Someone's doing something a little bit different. I'll go back to the Goodison Derby where Manning scored. You know, everyone's kind of getting a little bit head up and he was just, all right, he hit to the post for Manning to knock it in. But he knew exactly what he was doing. He's got that, 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 Pretty sure it was him who broke the deadlock, wasn't yeah. it? And he had that bit of class. Yeah. He can, definitely can do it. You think about the Leicester game when he comes off the bench and he's he's so calm, he's so composed, he drops deeper, he holds the ball, he releases it at the right times, he brings others into play. He's definitely still got that in his game. You just you just worry, Paul's point before about the injuries. Can you rely on him? And is there a club out there in elite level football that's willing to take a chance, given the wages, given there'll be a transfer fee? You just don't know. I, I think when he's fit, there's no doubt about how good he is you know the, that Leicester game is a really good example I thought he was magnificent yeah. in that game um, there's no doubt in his ability and it's really, it's really quite sad that we have to have these conversations about him so young you know and this is not a new thing either but he's got to be honest in his own head and only know, only he knows how well he's feeling and I think you know maybe the I hope the medical team have a proper assessment on it because I don't want to be sort of looking back at this going, oh, yeah, I wish we still had storage while he's banging them in for Leon or AC Milan or whatnot, you know. But I, I, if he feels good and, he, and he's really fit and firing for Liverpool, he might be, you know, he might be less of a risk than Wilson. I think if we're playing, if I am, if I'm, if I'm Daniel Sturridge, I know that if I'm fit, I back myself. Mm. to challenge the front three. I back myself for a place in the squad. I back myself for a place in the team. I back myself to be useful. I also know that if I take a move from Liverpool, there's nobody in the top six that's coming in for me because of my injury record. Whatever I do in England will be a dwindling of my career. And it's not the way that I want people to remember me. I think if I go to America, I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to love the lifestyle. I'm going to play some decent football over there and it'll suit me if I go to Europe. But... If I'm sat watching the Champions League final and then watching some of, my, maybe some of my mates going over to play in the World Cup and progressing in a position that I could have progressed in, I'm looking at Liverpool going, I won't be involved. I can back myself. If I'm fit, I can back myself to be in the squad. If I'm not fit, I'd rather be recovering at Liverpool than I would be at West Brom. Because if I'm not fit at West Brom, I'm having the most miserable time on earth. If I'm not fit at Liverpool... I'll get fit again and I'll be in the team and I'll be able to contribute. I, I would be backing myself to another year. I think he's and if I was a pre-America move here. This is this is what I think he's at. I, I think this one year. Ro- Rooney's the the example maybe that you know he try he tries everything. He wants that one last shot yeah. somewhere in the Premier League and obviously it suits him there. But I think the plan that's that's the where he always wants to end up maybe. But 
I, I can see storage there, but you, I wouldn't want him to go at 28. I, I, I'd hate that, you know, just because that is, I think, as everyone said, is that maybe an admission he's not where he is, and I think that would be tragic. It's, it's just a quality. There's, there's, an, there's an interesting caveat on this, on whether he decides to stay or go. So let's just say well, all things being equal, it's left up to the player to, say, to see whether yeah, he stays yeah. or goes, and it's within England. <clears throat> I think the, the, the Midlands thing is a massive thing for him. I think if he leaves, he'd much rather... In the Midlands, that's why he, t- he, he, he went. End up going to West Brom. He had two or three options, and it was very much because of that's that's where he's from, where his friends and family are, and they're massively important to him. The problem is, how many teams are there in the Midlands in the exactly, Premier League? Yeah, now? yeah, yeah. He's, he's shafted on that. Villa, Villa's got Villa, Wolves. Wolves. Wolves are it. Well, there's Wolves, and then there's you know that's it. West Brom have gone. I think basically if it was a choice, if the, so say you had three options, he had an option of staying at Liverpool, good offer in the Midlands, or somewhere like. I know, so let's say Newcastle for argument's sake, or West Ham. I think your preference is club in the Midlands or or State Liverpool. I think I think it's that stronger pull for. Him. In fact, I know it is. Yeah, he's even lost some sort of clubs just on the periphery as well, the likes of Stoke, Leicester maybe is one where if they were interested, he could go. But it's it's where it's where he is, and I know only he knows that. I think I don't even think. Maybe, maybe, if no one comes in for him, let's you know keep him and and utilize him. And this is this is the thing is that if no one is willing to take the risk, and I'd be surprised if no one was willing to take the risk. But if no one is, sides will be sides will be. Do you think so? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think, oh, I you've only got to look at last season that the highest scoring player outside the top six was Glenn Murray, and he got twelve. Like the idea that you can go and get someone. Let's just say Sturridge gets you, as you said before. Let's say he gets you he gets you twenty five, but you're confident he'll get you one in two. That's twelve goals. Twelve goals will keep you up. If you're if you're one of those sides, if you've got someone who's going to get you twelve, the twelve goals will keep you up, and that's that's the way you'd look at it. Wolves is an interesting one because sides that have come up, they're the sort of sides who who would go for someone like Sturridge because he's got Premier League experience mm. and as Aku says, goals in him. Normally they don't have the cash to be able to say, I go and get a Daniel Sturridge. But I think Wolves might be a bit different with the Chinese back in mightn't it? Yeah. So, you know, I've you already saw switch them, agents you know. first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is that, there is that. Yeah. Listen, uh, we could talk about, about Daniel Sturridge all day. I always enjoyed Andy there telling about the paucity of Midlands aways this season. Andy, you don't have to remind us of that. It's a kick in the teeth every single time. Oh, the vines, mate. The oh, vines. We've, we've lost that. Are we, go, are we going anyway? Well, we've, we've lost so much, you know what I mean? I mean, the Holt end, uh, I love Villa Park. Anyway, um, Aways we are doing we're going to do Dublin away and the Anfield Rapture Live show in Dublin on the 3rd of August uh, we're also going to be in Belfast it's been added at Mandela Hall one of the mm. last events at Mandela Hall 2nd of August that's lined up for uh, those two 2nd and 3rd of August are you going to rub a bit of rubble uh, are you going to smash a bit <laughs> of the wall bring it on hey, if, that's, if, that's, if, that's, if that's what's happening then we will take advantage of it uh, so that's Belfast on the 2nd and Dublin I think, I think on the 3rd the last time I was in the Mandela Hall in Belfast I was watching Richie from the Manic Street Preachers jump off the top speaker stack actually yeah, before Richie before lives dis- before disappearance. Good Lord, my word! Uh, set, uh, bit trivia for you. That's that's, that's, that's <laughs> it's quite <laughs> wonderfully dated as well. It's like a literal yes, marker. I am an old man. Think <laughs> um, about to do the same reenactor. Oh, uh, if it wouldn't, wouldn't take much as long as he doesn't disappear. Uh, Belfast, second of August, Dublin, third, and we're also doing the American uh, aways as well. So we will be in Charlotte uh, on the twenty-first, uh, having a ton of fun. We will be in the Boot Room in New York on the twenty-fourth, and we will be in Thomas McGee's in Michigan on the twenty-seventh. 
month. Uh, the link to buy tickets to any or all of them, uh, anyone who does all five, buying tickets, all the best. Uh, theanfieldwrap.com forward slash TAW live. Theanfieldwrap.com forward slash TAW live. And there was more storage chat on the gutter, uh, which is our transfer show, which we do Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Theanfieldwrap.com for that. And you can subscribe from there. Uh, so have a little think about that. We had a lot of fun on the gutter. And as I say, I could double down on storage all day. I was going to do Joe Gomez, but we'll park him. Uh, and the reason why we'll park Joe is because we're, we, I want to get to the new lads, uh, Fabinho and Naby Keita. Joe will presumably play, play against Tottenham and we can do him in the aftermath of that. Um, Fabinho and, and Keita, there's Andy, there's, uh, Andy Kelly, there's an excitement around seeing them play for Liverpool. There's, there's the idea that they just simply need to inhabit their press. Now, that can be tricky because at times you can talk footballers up too much. But they, they have... One of the things I took from watching them, there's an assurance about them both. It's easy to say that sort of thing in pre-season, but they, they, the manager does appear to be very into the buying of characters and you get the impression he has bought characters. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, they both should have had a goal on Saturday, shouldn't they? You know, Naby's missed an absolute set of, you know, slices it wide. Uh, Fabinho's hit the post in the first half. Um, and, you know, he was a very calm, steady presence in the first half, wasn't he, Firmino? Which wasn't a great half, as we know. Um, I think Klopp spoke afterwards about how, it, you know, things might be a little bit trickier for him to adapt because of the, the way we play being a lot different than the way Monaco play, whereas for Cater, used to, you know, getting involved in a pressing game. And obviously he set up... Sturridge is first on Saturday with a with a high press wins the ball and it breaks to Sturridge and go on. To be honest, if Daniel hadn't been a striker who wants to score a few goals, he probably should have squared it, shouldn't he? It was a, it was a tap in then. So I don't. We didn't learn anything about them. I think you're not going to in that type of a game. But you know, one thing you saw with Nabby is smiles never far away from his face. You think he's? I think of the two, he's going to be the one. And I think we knew that that would potentially give you that surge of excitement. Whereas Fabinho's going to be that the steadier older brother maybe who uh, who we sort of over the course of a season we get to respect and appreciate rather than be thrilled by the, the you know the, the younger uh, more exciting radical one you get you, you get the impression mentioned there Fabinho adapting I want to come back to that with Andy Ian but before then to sort of deal with the idea of Kiter is the exciting one because Kiter is thrilling you can imagine being thrilled and you can say that bar a couple of really good flashes they shouldn't be talked down from Oxlade Chamberlain aside we we haven't had a midfield that sort of thrilled you since since even 13-14 Coutinho only scores four Henderson if anything is the more dynamic of the of, of those who are playing there you are sort of having to almost go back to Gerrard in his pomp around the idea that of a midfielder who's going to absolutely demand your attention someone from centre mid who's going to say watch everything that I'm doing here I'm all action I'm all over the pitch I'm especially in their final third yeah I think that's absolutely fair I think I think both midfielders would excite me for different reasons I think your point about Naby spot on I mean you get a little glimpse of him on Saturday albeit you know, again it's the first game you've always got a caveat by saying that but he's got the ability to drive at the heart of teams and that's what excites me more than more than anything else really as well as the potential for goals and assists and he's been compared to a, to a multitude of different players but there's no doubt he's got the ability to find a, a really nice pass in between that kind of full-back and centre-half um, for the forward to run on to. He's done it multiple times for Leipzig. And I think with Fabinho as well, I think take Andy's point about maybe taking some time to adjust, but certainly came on my radar when I remember uh, Monaco playing against City in the Champions League in 16-17 in, in and they go through and away goals and he 
plays in both ties. They lose the first game 5-3, but he's, he's impressive even if in a 5-3 defeat. And he gets two assists that night for Mbappe and Falcao. And his passing's really good. There's lots of incisive vertical line stuff. And I, I think he was linked around about that time to United as well. And he saw him maybe as a, as a kind of a character replacement because of his ability on the ball. But he's more liable to go forward and carry it, whereas you wouldn't really get that from Michael Carrick. But he certainly had similar ability in terms of picking a pass. And then even in that kind of return, like he, he gets a goal and he's even more impressive. And you see how good he is at, at being aggressive in the tackle and interceptions as well. And I know we we all, well, some of us around the table play that the Roto Fancy game as well. And I can imagine a few lads looking at the likes of Naby and, and kind of Fabino for, for first and second picks, really. But I think both players would, would massively excite you. And you'd expect them to to be probably starting that first game. The fact that they're already in pre-season, Jürgen's got lots of time to, to kind of work with them. But I think there's something in it and you think about the Harry Wilson point before, this manager expects so much from us footballers and you see something on Saturday where they have a water break and he pulls a lot of the young lads in he says he's not happy, you can tell he's he's gesturing to them all, He just they're not giving him what he wants, even in that first game he's demanding so much for them and the young players take it especially, it's saying to whoop in, you open your body up more, you're not finding space, all this kind of stuff. So it's not easy to play under this manager but it's back to that I think he does his research, he does his due diligence, he knows what kind of footballers he wants and he knows what kind of characters he's getting. And then these two lads, they seem to tick a lot of the boxes. Batman Forever, 1995, hold me, thrill me, kiss me, kill me. That's what you were saying last time I had the midfield. Sorry. Ah, there you go. Um, no, great. <laughs> I feel that one. I'm I'm not not I've written about four notes. I followed the back of my ears. I don't know where I was. <laughs> no, that's it. No, it's just as soon as you said that, I haven't heard that for ages. Anyway, so bloody hell. That was exciting, isn't it, Keita? Uh, I want to talk about the, ta- the, 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 the and mentioned there adapting from Andy Kelly. I want to talk about the ticking clock because I think we can, Ian Salmon, we can make all the noise we want um, around certain footballers and we can be excited about the fact that the World Cup is still ongoing. But we are now, lit- this is a proper pre-season. This is the season, the season does not start. It's not very far away at all. The Championship Clubs play their third game on the th- first game on the 3rd of August. We've got off the, f- the league's first game is on the 10th. Um, we play the uh, we play the uh, 12th. My point about this is, there's footballers who are still away for all clubs who are not going to be back. We're going to only have had one week's pre-season by the time this kicks off, given now where England are. And Fabinho, I take Andy's point, and the manager may well think he's going to have to adapt quickly to what Liverpool play and how Liverpool are going to play. But the fact of the matter is, I'm expecting Fabinho to start all four games in August because Jordan Henderson's not getting back before the sixth. Yeah, yeah, he's going to have to. He's, he's going to have to be ready for it. And I think, you know, we saw... I've only seen the highlights of the game from Saturday, but we saw some of what he could do because he's not afraid to get a shot off the shot he hits the post with is an excellent shot so he's clearly got that in his locker he's not just a holder um, he's going to have to take the role that Henson's had all season and that might be freeing Henson up later in the season to come back in the role that he had in 13-14 so the flexibility we've got from already just four of that three if, if Fakir comes in we've got more flexibility I'm looking forward to the prospect of Fabinho Holden with loads of lads just running in front of him as we did a lot of the end of last season but he has he's got we've got the joy that he's not at the World Cup he's got a full pre-season with Klopp and we know that it basically took what, three months for Klopp to tease all the bad habits that Arsenal had given to Chamberlain out of him to go back to the promise that he had of the dynamism he had when he was a younger player and to get that back to him I think he's got more chance of being more hands on with Fabinho now and 
season him into his way of playing very, very quickly. I think this is what the, the preseason is going to be massive for him. Do you think as well, I mean, with Fabinho specifically, I was looking at the, the manager's quotes after the game and he, and, he, and he labelled Fabinho a proper defensive midfielder. Yeah. And you get into you can get caught in the trap of just assuming we're going to play exactly the same way this season we did the season before, the season before, the season before. Do you think possibly that it might, might be a little bit of a Mickey getting thrown in here and basically we, do, we, we might see a difference Liverpool might see that borne out over the pre-seasons, a couple of different formations, a couple of different tweaks that maybe we, he's not felt emboldened enough to try before. I think definitely. I mean, I think you can definitely see a scenario where we play three at the back a bit because you can then play five across midfield, but, but you could potentially play Henderson, who we know has been sitting alongside. If you want to go somewhere and be a little bit more careful, shall we say, in those games you need to be that. Play three at the back, Henderson and Fabinho sitting and you know that's a really solid look and go from there you know you're going to be probably resting one of your top three in that scenario but there's games where you know that that sort of uh, you could play 4-2-3-1 a bit um, that's that's a potential uh, and again you could have you could have your two sitters there it could be Henderson Fabinho because I think a lot of people thought that the arrival of Case and Fabinho was sort of some sort of death knell for Henderson. And for me, I think it's going to, as someone just said, it's going to potentially bring us back to Henderson we knew of a, of a box-to-box player. I mean, the best thing that, you, that used, we used to say about Henderson was his energy and his ability to get box-to-box and arrive. And he never Which scored is what he's enough, doing for England. And, he, and he never scored enough goals, did he, Andy? But, you know, we, you know, it was that season he got four or five, didn't he? Yeah. And he sort of has... That's completely sort of gone out of his game, but only the, because he's been told exactly. And we we know he's a good enough player. We've seen him adapt into so many different scenarios that we can just simply say Jordan Henderson is a very good footballer. And if you say, "Oh, Jordan, I want you, I want you to get forward," and um, and Fabinho will sit today, every chance that Jordan Henderson is going to do it pretty well. There's also every chance to go back on something that Andy's just said there, Paul. That. The idea of playing different shapes. There is every chance for Firmino's only only started his break two three days ago. Back on Friday, there's every chance that we could be looking certainly for this first four games because there's two things in play here. One, the gap between when these players come back from the World Cup and how they get the freshness and the the, the rest plus a pre-season and prep. There's that, but the other thing that's in play as well is that there's four games. There's four games before that first international break. So, you know, I think we're going to be looking at two things that could be quite competing here. We presume that it'll just be the same as next season and we'll wait for Firmino. But there is every chance that he changes the shape, that he might even have a plan for these first four games. They're all, if I say similar teams, what I mean is that we're not playing any of the big lads. They're all games Liverpool will need to win, you know, of the points that are available across the course of the season. Just shy of 10% of them are all available in this first run of games. It's uh, In fact, over 10% of them are available in this first run of games. So, you know, it is it is... You do wonder whether or not, as ever, with the football manager, he's trying to get them ready for the entire campaign, but he's actually already got something else pressing right now, and it might be that we see something different. Yeah, it's that bigger picture, isn't it? Which you sometimes forget, and when you actually say, you know, that 10% of the points are available before you may have Jordan Henderson, Roberto Firmino, the, these lads. Dejan Lovren. Dejan Lovren, yeah. Or, or potentially even, you know, we're, we're hanging our hopes on Nabil Fakir, or if he does sign, you know, France are... France are in at least the semi-finals as well. So that means that, well, that means the, definitely the playoffs and the, yeah, definitely the third, yeah. fourth place. So it's 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 akin to being in the final, regardless. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So it's a big chunk, but uh, thankfully we're not the only ones in in that boat. Um, could be worse. Could be spares. Could be spares. Yeah, absolutely. So you know they will they might start the season probably against Liverpool or uh, at their new stadium, mightn't they? So no, they. 
sorry, what well, I forgot your original question now. The, the idea to play different shapes, therefore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so he plays four-two-two-two on the last day of the season, and that made me wonder whether that may have been a dress rehearsal for what he's thinking. Because the one thing he's done is he's loaded his midfield now. There's no, there's no talks about departures. You know, you've still got Adam Lallana here. Obviously, Oxley Chamberlain's out for a few months still. But you've got, you've still got Wijnaldum. You've still got Jordan Henderson, James Miller. Know. These lads are still at the club. They're not just going to disappear overnight. And then you've obviously added Fabinho and Kaiser into the mix. So the cup, the, the only thing for me that's a bit strange is the stylistically there's not there's there's a lot of them that play either one role or the other. You know, so releasing Henderson to from the that that role he was playing last season into a more advanced role, he's only stepping into a Wijnaldum style role, isn't he? So it makes me wonder if there's a, a change of shape coming in. But I I also wonder whether he's struggling to find options further forward. And whether he wants the opportunity to sometimes just go with the two of them, I think we were, we were very much. Um, it felt like you just had to get that three out every single week, and just if they're available, run them again, and if they're available, run them again and again and again. Obviously, I want to watch them every week because they're they're absolutely brilliant to watch. But it makes me makes me wonder whether sometimes he feels like maybe a two of Salah and Firmino, or maybe even. But then does he play in wide areas? That's that, that, maybe he doesn't. That's no. always that's no, always maybe it's so a very narrow. Goes narrow four, pushes on, and says we're just going to control this. Yeah, maybe you know. I think we've got enough. We can have an, enough quality on the pitch from one to eleven that if he needs breaks, he finds them in just just getting over the line. I don't know. I think it's difficult, and I think it's, Andy Kelly does tell you the story of of the fact that this is this is going to be a bit of a strange season. I think that seasons after World Cup seasons often are, but even this one where, with the start date for the entire campaign having been brought forward for reasons I really don't understand, um, that with the transfer window closing on the 9th, uh, adding that on there as well, there is, with the fact that footballers do actually get to have a rest and it's important that they do so uh, rather than just be constantly put through the paces, it is going to be quite a... It isn't going to be necessarily as clean a start as maybe we're used to. I think we may well have to accept. Uh, fans up and down the country may well have to accept they're not maybe not going to see the best of of their sides till maybe going all the way into November. And with that, therefore, could come some funny results. Absolutely, but I, th- I think the thing we can take heart in is the fact that I think our manager has a very clear concept of that, and that he won't he won't be sat there thinking, "Can I get." Jordan Henderson back that bit quicker, or or, yeah. or Dejan Lovren. He, we know Jurgen Klopp's going to give them all three weeks off, go away, come back, and we'll start your fitness, and you'll start your preseason then, and everything else. You're saying he's got a clean concept of that. Do you think that therefore then he might be thinking of having a slightly more bloated squad? Than, I think it's quite clear that Klopp doesn't like to work with, doesn't want to work with. He doesn't not, he doesn't want a 28, 29, 30 man squad. But he, do you think there's a, ch- a chance? And we talked about this on the Gutter Show that we expect a raft of departures, but that actually might not come. That might become more of a January thing that he might almost think, right, we've got to get through this first half of the season. I've got all this to sort out. I want to make sure we finish as strong as possible February onwards. So therefore, I'm, I'll have more bodies now. Do you think there's a possibility that we, we, those of us who are expecting, as I was, to be honest, at the start of the season, at the start of the summer, a fair few to leave Liverpool, we might actually be surprised how many don't. Yeah, uh, uh- Everything you just said, I totally agree. To be honest, because why take the risk? We can, afford, you know, he want, he'd rather be able to say, look, there's a couple of lads who aren't going to be involved. I think there's probably it might potentially hit a couple of the younger lads who potentially might have let go on loan. But I think he might say to himself, I'm going to keep them around just in case. And if they do need to go on loan, they can go in January. And um, yeah, definitely. And he he will want 
a decent group of players. Because remember, in his first season, we didn't have play. You know, we had so many injuries yep. that we barely could get a team out. And I think he's he, lived all this now, hasn't he? He's he, lived he was it. in a scenario where I'm not going to be. I'm not going to get caught like that again. We're going to have players available and good players at that, and that's why I expect for every team now we're going to. This is going to be a crazy four weeks at Co, isn't it? I mean, transfer window shutting early, the World Cup only you know cl- closing, and a lot of the players that people want you know not having be, even been home yet. So there is going to be a huge four weeks ahead. Fully expect a couple to arrive at Liverpool. Um, there might be the odd departure or two, and there'll certainly be a couple of loans. I think after after we get through, um, you know, America. But um, yeah, we maybe will carry a few extra, and I think we're right to. I don't think you can overestimate how, how important the, the beginning of the season is. I remember back in the day when you know we when we both were a bit younger, handsomer, and you know a little less grey in both our heads. Um, you, it was always the thing you didn't look at the, the league table till what five, six, seven games in. That was the thing when you didn't even bother they with didn't, it. They didn't, put it up, they didn't put it up on match yeah, of the day, did no. they? Ever? No. It was never up there till what for at least four games. You wouldn't even glance at the back of the pink budget until like early September. Now I think that's just been turned on its head. I, I think so, so that's got 100 seasons, points. Yeah. No, but yeah. How many seasons over the last couple of years? I mean, for instance, when Leicester, when Leicester won the league, they got off to a lightning start and just managed to keep that pace and keep that pace. City last year, they put everyone to bed by mid-October just because there was... Teams give up. Chelsea, teams give up. When you put it, you you can break the back of so many teams by starting well and convert, and obviously the other side, if you start poorly, because it's so competitive, especially at the top end, your season can not be over. Well, you could well, be, you, you could be, be looking under at, massive pressure. Under massive pressure by early October, by early October, if someone really does set the pace. Everton are the best example of that. Their season effectively was over by October last year. Well, like, because, well exactly. It's a great point. It's a great point. And also, you throw in the chaos, the, the, the aforementioned chaos with the World Cup and one thing and the other. All right, we've lost a few. Spurs have lost a load. Chelsea don't even know whether they're going to be have two managers next year or none. You know, United are losing Lukaku's there. There's a couple of others there. Fellaini, uh, the superstar midfielder, Rashford. Rashford won't get back. Pogba's there. Pogba's Lingard. 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 Well, exactly. De Bruyne's so, still there. Sterling's op- op- still there. Opportunity knocks. You know, if you if it's the team that's going to manage that the best. I mean, notwithstanding City because of their resources. So I'm not saying we can suddenly go steaming ahead. But it's the team that manages, I think, the first two months of the season best that's got the best chance of winning it. And why not us? It's interesting listening to the names, just the lads throwing them round there. Who, who's not there? I was just thinking then, you know, Tottenham centre half pairing. You know, it's Vatonga. And, and, and the goalkeeper. And the goalkeeper. France, yeah, Lloris. And the goalkeeper. And the lad that uses it holds a midfielder, even though they shouldn't in Dyer. And the centre forwards. <laughs> <laughs> and the centre forwards. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah Bell's been in the final space in trouble. The thing Liverpool did, to, did have last season was we, for the first time ever did have a bit in reserve. You know, we didn't always have it available to us. But now, obviously, even with the likes of Sturridge, Origi coming back, I know you can't, as you said, you can't get rid of them uh, after August the 9th, where Liverpool might have liked to have used them until the traditional window, the 31st, and maybe move them on then. You can't get rid of them internally, but, but, you can sell them abroad. You can sell abroad. But look at Liverpool's two big signings this summer as well, the Kate and Fabino. They, they've like a whole pre-season in there they have to, get the, to get themselves in and get their eye in. That's an advantage that we've got that other teams haven't. I completely agree with that and I do wonder whether or not it's back to what Andy Kelly was saying before about people planning. Right, let me uh, wrap this one up. Then it goes all the way through until Daniel Sturridge. Uh, all comes back to Daniel Sturridge, you see. It was like a plan, that one. Uh, in terms of whether or not you keep him around and go all the way through. Um, right, 
Let me uh, say thank you very much indeed to this show was sponsored by by Redsbet, uh, Share the Glory this year. They have partnered with us for the whole of 2018. So if you do gamble, please do so with them. And thank you very much, Andy's, Kelly, and Heaton, Ian's, Salmon, and Ryan, and the only senior amongst us, Mr. Paul there at the back, uh, doing the absolute business. It'll be a great week on the Anfield Wrap. We're back. It's all going off. There's two seasons happening simultaneously, the end of 1718 and the start of 1819. And I'd like to think we've got both covered. Podcast Network.